When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the cinematographer for Creed Three, Kramer Morgenthau. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad. This was built on their shoulders. Man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two? I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best though. But I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. Hey, hey, what you doing, man? Hey, hurt me? Hey, hey. I know what you're doing, Donnie. You don't owe this to nothing. Damien's fighting the world and he's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Something is going on with you. Damien was like family. Now we pass talking. Then maybe you just have to find him. Do what I gotta do. Some of my methods, you might disagree with me. These are family ties. I recognize mine. I know that they needed me. Traumatic stress. Watch it manifest. Got my only fear. I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? What you gonna do? Threaten to take my breath? I need you to take all your fear. Take all the guilt. Let go of whatever was and walk into what is. I feel those chains are breaking. Yeah. I fear God. I don't fear death. I see those stripes and chains. All right, everyone, I'm speaking with the cinematographer for Creed 3, Kramer Morgenthau. Kramer, how are you today? I'm doing excellent, thank you. I sure hope so, because uh, your film just recently opened to great box office success, the highest in the franchise history. Thank you so much. And you're getting a lot of notice for your work on this film uh, because you guys did something that has never been done before in a sports film, utilizing IMAX cameras uh, in in a movie such as this. I I do want to backtrack first, though, before I get into that and maybe take it back to Creed 2, where you come aboard the franchise, you're working with Michael B. Jordan for the first time here um, as an actor only, but then Michael decides, I'm going to direct Creed 3. He could have called any cinematographer. Why do you think he reached out to you, and what were those early conversations like? It was definitely uh, a real 
privilege and an honor to be called out to do um, Creed Three with Michael B. Jordan as his first time as a director. Uh, I had worked with him before on uh, Creed Two and also on another movie prior to that, which had to do with my um, getting the job on Creed Two. I did a movie called Fahrenheit 451, mm -hmm. which was a uh, an HBO film um, that we had shot together the prior year. And we just really bonded and um, as friends and as, uh, you know, filmmakers. And he always had a, an eye, um, you know, from the beginning uh, and a very, uh, you know, unique eye and was always paying very careful attention to how the camera is being used. And um, we just, you know, we bonded on that movie and, uh, when he got the opportunity to direct, he, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, one of the first people he called. A lot of directors, sometimes they choose to dive into the technical aspects of filmmaking. Some directors want to just specifically work with the actors and they let the DP and his team handle the technical side of things of how an image is going to be captured. Which one is Michael? I think he's a hybrid of the two. I think he's definitely uh, more of the former. He's definitely a performance and story oriented director, but he um, very much gets into how the camera is being used and how the cameras and the light are telling the story. And certainly from the Michael B. Jordan that was directing in the beginning of the movie and the one that was directing towards the end of the movie was a different person. I mean, he He's a very quick study and he learned, you know, all the lenses and how the light was working and, you know, how to block actors around light. Um, he's been on set since he was 16 years old. So he's picked up a lot of that stuff already. But as he saw what was working, he it was a very quick study on the technical stuff. So I imagine that for much of this movie, a lot of it has to be storyboarded in advance because some of these boxing sequences are extremely complex to shoot. Uh, you can't just show up on set and say, we're going to just figure it out. So what kind of prep work goes into a film such as this from your point of view? Uh, there was a lot of prep. We shot listed um, the entire movie, uh, including the fight sequences. Um, and we storyboarded some key sequences and uh, there was a lot of preparation. We also shot all the fights with uh, small, smaller digital cameras and cut them together. The stunt team uh, did that. And um, Clayton, uh, Barber, and Eric. And uh, that way, that was kind of like a, you know, a storyboarding um, with video. Like a previs, basically, right? A previs, yeah. yeah stunt yeah. viz, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I imagine so. And then with something like that, you can then plan for safety and figure out, too, logistics of lighting, uh, which I imagine has to be really tough with boxing because it's not like you can put a tremendous amount of equipment inside the ring itself. Yeah, for sure. All the logistics were mapped out. Most of the fights were shot. Uh, mo they were shot mostly with a steady cam. We, we used four cameras almost all the time on the fights, um, but the primary camera was a steady cam in the ring. We also sometimes had a steady cam and a second handheld camera in the ring. Uh, we often had ringside cameras that are in shot. 
um, and guys that are wearing, you know, um, outfits that look like their television uh, camera people. Uh, in this case, they were like disowned uh, was the brand that they were wearing. And in Creed 2, they were wearing HBO T-shirts. And then sometimes they were Showtime. I don't know. Anyway, um, we always had, you know, sometimes had cameras in a shot either painted painted them out or um, they were part of the shot and then there was a lot of handheld um sometimes in something called fighter mode is just you know holding it the camera like a um almost like an slr and it's really kind of violent the way it feels when it's you know moving around versus on the shoulder which was steadier and then ultimately the steady cam uh, mike heathcote was our steady cam operator on creed three and on Creed 2 as well um and on Fahrenheit 451 so we're we've been a team um the three of us you know since the beginning now when Michael B Jordan comes to you and says I want to shoot these boxing matches like they're anime fights and you guys are utilizing extremely high frame rates to capture this action in slow motion and detail that quite frankly uh many of us have never seen before within a boxing match and if you did your homework man Matthew, you did your homework i know a thing or two about some of this stuff um yeah but i i do want to know though from from that standpoint when you get told hey this is the direction that we're taking this in as opposed to some form of uh grounded realism what were those conversations like and what did you feel in terms of possibilities you could bring to this You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. Yeah, I mean, Michael's take on the boxing was really fresh and um, exciting as a cinematographer that he wanted to do this anime uh, bring anime language into the cinema, which is, it's a totally different language and um, it's so poetic, um, so expressive. It's very subjective. It's uh, not, it's the opposite of grounded, like you're saying. And um, I was just thrilled. And then I was like, oh shit, how do I, how do I achieve that? It's so um, stylized and it's, you know, literally being drawn by people it's not being photographed you know so um or it's done in a computer i don't even know how they do it now but uh so we you know brought out some high speed cameras um using the uh the phantom 4k flex camera which you know shoots up to a thousand frames we use a motion control device on the camera called the bolt which uh you know makes it super robotic and kind of cool looking you know something that cameras physically can't do with a human being behind it and we did things you know like adonis vision which are like you know 
he's seeing things in advance of of them happening and pre pre the boxers pre-visualizing his hits and um it was you know boxing was like this on you know sign language there were like three languages in the film there was you know english spoken english there was american sign language um and there was boxing you know and um you know which is people speaking with their fists you know um getting their call and response you know with with this and then and, and of course there and there was anime was yet another language so he was there's all these layers um and uh it's so fun it's almost like expressive uh dance if you will like interpretive dance totally in terms of boxing it was like interpretive dance yeah why do you think it has taken this long for imax cameras to be used in a sports film because when i walked out of creed 3 i instantly had that feeling and i didn't know this heading into the movie i didn't know that it was shot on imax cameras heading in but when i walked out i immediately said to myself holy crap i've never seen a boxing movie look like that before why do you think it took this long i don't know why it took this long uh for imax to be uh used in a sports film i when they told me we were the first sports film this was after the fact i was i was shocked i was like this is the perfect you know format to uh, have a, you know a, it's an event you know boxing is an event boxing is like theater and uh it's larger than life there's you know it's a crowd sport it's immersive and uh it's very much like a modern version of you know gladiator fights you know that people would go to you know uh 2000 years ago uh it's the perfect it's just a no-brainer um i don't i have no idea why nobody has used it before <laughs> i think they'll be doing it again though <laughs> creed 4 <laughs> in imax yeah one of the things too that i was also wondering is that there are certain shots that it's very clear you guys shot inside a stadium and then there were other shots where i i could tell this was definitely shot on the stage green screen but there's such stylized lighting effects being used here in a way that's uh, given that subjective quality, like you said before, putting you very much within the frame uh, frame of mind of Adonis during that fight. Uh, so I'm curious to know what logistical challenges are there in regards to lighting uh, a sports ring for a boxing match mm -hmm. that is taking place on a soundstage. Or do you have creative freedom with that because of the fact that uh, this was so stylized? I think it's all of the above. And I think there, there are two layers to your question. One, the challenge, there was technical challenges of shooting on a soundstage and making it look like it's in an arena. And that was a heavy lift. And uh, that's visual effects as well. Um, all the fights were shot actually on the same soundstage under the same lighting rig. Uh, which was a massive lighting rig that took, you know, three weeks to install. Um, my gaffer, Josh Davis, did a huge, uh, huge contribution with that. And um, it was, you know, really cool, like rock and roll rig that went in. And then, you know, very much a goal in the lighting was to not make it uh, look like real boxing and make it much more um, cinematic. And because uh, bo real boxing lighting, it's just blasting the boxers with light for television cameras. And it's just doesn't have any look 
um, and we wanted to have a look and have it feel like they're in these arenas and that the, their skin is reflecting all the different sources in there and all the different color temperatures and each arena to look different from the other one and have a distinct look. Um, and then in the final fight um, that's set at Dodger Stadium, we never shot we shot plates in dodger stadium um, background plates we shot crowd uh tiling of real people but uh you know it, the final fight goes into a poetic moment that we call a void when all the audience drops out and you know they're just the sound drops out this sound design changes and um, we went into super wide angle lenses like a 12 millimeter lens and it just feels like a piece of anime so it was that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Nice. Well, I got to give you a compliment on it because I haven't seen uh, work like that that puts you directly into the character's point of view uh, since boxing and raging bull. So oh. credit to you guys for being able to create that. Thank you. Uh, and then I guess my last question here. Creed, Rocky, they're known for their montages. What's your favorite shot in Creed 3's montage? Ooh. Um... The Creed three montage, you know, is always that is sort of like the pinnacle of uh, all, you know, Rocky movies is getting that montage right. And um, I can't think of what they I, I don't know. Um, they all like blend together at a certain point. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm flashing out. There's so many shots, but they're definitely Michael on top of the Hollywood, you know, above the Hollywood sign. I don't know what the name of that hill is. I'm sure it has a name. Uh, and uh you know, we shot it with a drone and we're like pulling back and he's out there. And then we went, we ran, raced up there with a handheld camera and shot him as the sun's going down and the entire city's out there. And it's all in camera, all real. You know, there's no, it's not a VFX shot and it's, it's epic. And we actually added a sunball to one of the shots because the sun had gone down and, and we wanted to keep the sunball in there. So we, we cheated a little bit. But it's uh, definitely an epic. That was sort of like our top of the library steps uh, moment. Really cool. Quoting Rocky one. Nice. Well, I want to thank you very much here for the time, Kramer. Um, I would love to know uh, what thank it is you, you have uh, upcoming next so we can be on the lookout for your work. Um, I'm currently in Atlanta, uh, one week out from shooting um, Captain America 4. Julius Ona's uh, one, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Big loose fan over here, so I, I can't wait to see what he brings to that. Oh, it's gonna be. It's like. Uh, it's gonna be epic. So we're uh, excited for that. It's uh, definitely awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for the time here. I really appreciate it, and best of luck to you. Thank you to you too. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the cinematographer for Creed 3, Kramer Morgenthau, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Creed 3 is currently playing in theaters. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time.
Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.